CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. I'm on the recorder for the first time in, I don't even, a month? Hey everybody, Brian David Marshall here with Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic. And uh, we're, we're in front of our, our old spot. It's, maybe we're just waiting for the weather to be gorgeous out. It's been gorgeous for weeks. This no, is, is, that, is that true? I haven't been out. That's not true. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> I don't know. Multiple times the last couple weeks I've been sitting here waiting. Yeah. Like a girl next to the phone. I'm doing my hair tonight anyway. Look, Finkel told me that was the best way to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, yeah, it's, it's a, it is an effective strategy. Um... So, I guess that's it. Yep. Bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, actually, well, actually, I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about was uh, so we are. Well, you want to talk about conspiracies, right? I, well, we can talk okay. about conspiracies. Well, I don't know anything about conspiracies. I don't know what they are. I don't know what the cards do. Yeah. We haven't talked about the Pro Tour, the I was, GDF and Pro Tour. Yeah. We we've got the Pro Tour. We've, so here here are the things I would like to talk about today. Yeah. Pro Tour. Yeah. Patrick Chapin, some of Pro Tour. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty insane. Former uh, Top 8 Magic podcast guest. I think yes, we can see the yes. linear relationship between <laughs> being a guest on our podcast and winning a process. Other people who've been on our, on our podcast are like Tom Martell. Yeah, that's true. It's like a 100% likelihood. <laughs> John, Finkel been on, John Finkel's been on the podcast. Has he? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like Charles Waz been on the podcast. <laughs> Didn't do him any pro tour good. Uh, then I, wanted to, I also want to talk about conspiracy. But I, step back. I also want to talk about like modern is starting. Like yeah. so, this Saturday. Like I don't know. I didn't. I know you played in one PTQ. We both played. We both played in it actually. And then I played in an open last weekend. Actually. Okay. And then, uh, but then this this past weekend was double PTQ weekend here in the New Jersey area for Portland. How many points do you need to qualify for an open? Do you know for an invitational? Do you know? Because I, no I got like an e- e- email invite, and I mean I played. So, I guess I. Did all right last year in a bunch. Sure, but I haven't been writing, writing for Star City for a year, so I don't know why. Do you get? Do you get? Do they give invites out as celebrity or? No, no, you have to play. Okay. So I maybe maybe the couple points that I got this past weekend yeah. were actually enough. To, right, right, right. From like maybe my nascent reservoir of sure. points. Sure, sure. I because mean, so, so I'm like, really? When is it? Like next month in, in in this month maybe in Columbus. Oh, really? Is this June? It is June. Is it like which weekend is it? Because there's know. like there's like two GPs. So there's a GP in DC on the last weekend of June, and then there's a DC uh, the weekend before. So the 20th and the 27th are both GPs. Maybe it's in, I hope it's in July. I check my email. So I didn't even consider going, and then I'm just like <laughs> I'm qualified. It's weird. I never I never like made a point to go when I was just free qualified all the time. But now that but apparently now, I've now, earned one, now that it seems precious, I'm always like, did I earn this? Like, oh, really? But <laughs> how but, odd. Yeah. But as I was saying, like as yeah. far as PTQ, so the PTQ season turns over this weekend. Yeah. And this weekend is now modern qualifiers for Pro Tour in Hawaii. Oh man, that's going to be a hard one not to try to qualify for. There's a PTQ in Philly this weekend, right? Yeah. I don't think my wife is going to tolerate me playing Magic every week. It's just not. I, I just don't see the tolerance level. I don't have a big enough jewelry budget did, for did that. Did you see? I don't know if you saw on Twitter today. Like, Evan posted a link to some, like, mono-black devotion deck in Modern. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know. Are you saying oh, this is, like, right up my alley? I'm just saying it's right up your alley. It's like Phyrexian Obliterators. Come on. And Vampire Nighthawks. 
This text doesn't sound fast enough to win in modern. I mean, it's got Thoughtseize. It's got, the thing is, it's just, it's got a ton of black pips. And yeah, but it's got, Thoughtseize doesn't beat Birthing Pod. I don't know. The don't game's know. on the table. Once they have the pod in play, it's just a matter of time. I, I guess so. What is this? I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't played it. I'm just saying. There's I, there's a lot of exciting stuff that people haven't played around with yet in modern. I mean, that's just definitely true. The card pool is so huge. Yeah, yeah. Like modern. Do you remember the modern green devotion deck we were playing around with? Yeah, before? it wasn't really good enough. Oh, it's it's so close though. It really does feel close. I feel like that deck that could be, could be, could be something there. Yeah, but like you're just spending all this mana to make a primeval titan. It gets more and more nickthos, right? And then, and then what? Well, like, gonna, the other idiot just makes gonna, you have infinity no, you, malarias or something. You Genesis wave into, uh, into Craterhoof Behemoth. How long does that take? I don't know, turn three? I did Bullshit. it on, I've Bullshit done it on turn three. three. I've done it on turn Fine, three. Fine, I believe you. Greater regularity, that on turn three, or Wall of Omens into... into <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the ninth card I drew thanks to Wall of Omens yes. was a Deceiver Exarch. Yeah. Well... <laughs> That was certainly a, a clever crater of behemoth deck you had there. <laughs> oh, this is a spell pierce. <laughs> like, no, this is actually the the super tits. What they happen like? You make your big Genesis wave. They tap three, cast the Seaver Exarch, untap their island, and spell pierce you. Blech. And then, like, oh, are you done with your turn? <laughs> it's a Belinda twin. My favorite moment of the Pro Tour. Number one favorite moment of the Pro Tour. Patrick Chapin versus hapless second place guy whose name no one will remember a year from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy's good. Nam Sung Wook. Okay. He's good. He won a GP earlier. I'm saying nobody's going to remember his name a year from now. All right, we'll see. Uh, I mean, how many second place players do his name there now? Brian Davis. And only because he's not really a second place player. Who else? Name one. You can't. <laughs> You've been to 60 Pro Tours. You can't name a second place player. David Wright Bauer. Daniel Wright, right, Daniel Wright, no. whatever his name is. <laughs> That's the one that Andre beat, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. He couldn't even get his name right. I'm telling you. No offense to Paul Rietzel, okay? Right. Paul Rietzel, for his name to get remembered, had to level up to a first-place player. Sure. Actually, it's reverse, right? He was a first-place player first. Yeah. That's the only reason we remember his name. I got, I got a second-place player I can think of. Who? Immediately. Who? Patrick Chapin. Only he leveled up to a first place yeah, player. Yeah, but I would try been, naming a second place. But player. He, would, he would have been my go-to beforehand. Right. I mean, Jamie Park is a two-time second place yeah, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. name another one. Seriously, <laughs> I'm sure you can. Yeah. I can too. Here, here, I'll, I'll show you. Bertrand Lestre. <laughs> you got to go way back for that one. The <laughs> uh, Darwin Darwin finals. Darwin's... No, Bertrand Lestre. No, no, no. Uh, Darwin on, on the boat, right? Isn't he like? Isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, Tom Quevin. Tom Guevin? Yeah, Tom Guevin. Only because of, like, you know, barfing and stuff. I'm talking about remembering a second. I'll give you an example. I can't even remember. So, Yamaritz Merkel beats who? This is an easy one. I don't remember. I don't honestly know. Willie Edel. Oh, okay. He's like your favorite. You oh, Yamaritz. I'm thinking of, I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of the kid who won with mod the modern Ryan. Can't even remember his favorite okay. players who are like in second I'm, place. No, this no, is no. pathetic. I forgot. I was thinking. I didn't think you were talking about Yamaritz Merkel. I thought you were talking about the French kid who won in Valencia. Oh, with the Chapin's rares deck or with whatever. the rare deck, like yeah. the two counterbalance counterbalance yeah, yeah, deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even. I don't remember Merkel, that kid's I, name. Merkel, I would have remembered. I don't even remember that kid's name. First place players don't even remember their <laughs> name. All right, I'll give you one. Who did Dave Price beat to win his? 
Dave Price beat. Wasn't Ben Rubin, was it? Damn if I know. <laughs> I really don't know. Oh, there was a time I probably remembered. Sure. Uh, who did... I think... Did Ruben lose to uh, Brian Selden? Yes. I'm, you would have just said yes to no matter no, whose no, name I did. said, right? No, no, you did. I'm telling you. I'm sure that... I mean, I obviously was able to exhibit the names of multiple second-place players. But there's been like 60 of them, okay? And <laughs> the fact that you cannot remember... Like, I, I, I doubt that you could remember 25% of the second-place players. Uh, I probably can't remember off the top of my you head. You are the Pro Tour historian. If that's the case, you're the I number one guy of knowing I, the Pro Tour. I can't probably, yeah, with a spreadsheet. With a, spr- with a spreadsheet, KYT could look, look, look at, oh, who finished second in this one? Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're the number one guy remembering the Pro Tour and you can't name second place players, sure, that guy will certainly be remembered a year from now, whose name I don't know. There are a lot of good second place finishers. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. We got the what is this, suddenly YoMTG Taps? <laughs> are we on Monday Night Magic? Man, look, at the, look at these players who finished second. It's insane. Okay, start reading off their names. Cheater. Just recent second place finishers. So, Dong Song Wook, Jacob Wilson, Pierre DeJean. Jacob Wilson came in second place? <laughs> that guy is literally Chris Buckles, everybody. I could not have told you yeah. he even made a top eight. Yuya Watanabe. Yuya. Joel Larson. Paulo Vitor Damodorosa. I mean, he won one, of Go course. Dennis Vitogaris. How far back Paul are you Rizzo. going? Two years. Three years in 2011. Years, Come on. Go Dennis Vitogaris. Oh, no, only two years. Shut up, you liar. It's 2011. Go Dennis Vitogaris is 2012. He came in second? Yes. To Alexander Hain? Yes. Oh, shit, that was a good top eight. Yeah, that was a good top wow, eight. Wow, that was a good top eight. Josh Utter Layton. Richard Bland. You mi- you mi- you mispronounced his last name. It's Josh Utter Beatings. Yes, yes. I mean, second place is uh, like he gets his second place. Okay. The it's pretty. I just pretty want to point stuff. something out. I picked Go Dennis for my fantasy draft of that Pro Tour, and he lives across the street from me, and I did not remember that he was in second place. And I picked him for my fantasy draft that Pro Tour. I'm telling you, nobody remembers second place. It's just not done. Yeah. It's not done. Can you tell, do you think John Finkel ever finished second place? I couldn't tell you because nobody fucking remembers second place. Sure, he's come in second. He's had all the places. First, second, third, fourth, fifth through eighth. Maybe, see, I can't imagine John losing in the final. It's, just, it's not even <laughs> logical. He lost to Steve on mess. 99, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, Steve had all the black cards. Um, not all the black. I mean, Pat Chapin had some black yeah. cards. I, you ever hear Chapin just describe that draft? I was there. Where he's just like in agony on one side of the table while all the all the other guys are lined up on the other side of the table in this very cooperative flying wedge. So it's a it's a it's Worth's first and only top eight, right? Because yeah, he retired yeah, so, the yeah. next year, right? So, um, but he he was like stringing Dana along forever. He's like he's a professional magic player with no top eights. He's getting a lot of his income from team splits, right? You know, he's on this team with all these great pro tour champions, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Finkel, etc. So he's getting team splits from from playtesting or whatever. And he's just like, oh, Dana, yeah, I'll buy you a ring as soon as I make my own top eight. And I'm like, 
all right, <laughs> sure worth. And then so he makes his top eight, and he's like, man, I'm down. <laughs> down on the top eight after splits. Because like, <laughs> now he has to split with oh, the team. that's awesome. And <laughs> he has to now buy a ring for Dana. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. He's like, he's for, for forever. He was like, yeah, I'll buy you a ring if and when. And then... And then Worth was like the designated green red dead guy, right? So, you know, Steve OMS wasn't a dead guy, but they let him they let him have yeah, the yeah. black cards. John had the blue white deck, and Worth's got like four mana three two red guys because he's obligated to draft with the team, right? So he's just like, yes, a four mana three two red guy. Yes, oh how clever, a four drop green creature. I'm sure this will do great against John's blue white deck. <laughs> oh. Bounce spells and counters and or, protection, or, you say? Or Steve-O's turn two ritual befoul. Oh, that's... Hit the forest oh, and, and the Critian. That's, that's Mike Long, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, and one of the greatest every, moments. Every one of the time I tell moments. that story, Chapin's like, I did it to Mike Long and the Swiss. Like, every single time, he's like, I did that one. I'm like, well, I, I saw Steve-O do I did it to him in the Swiss. It was a, literally a recurring nightmare for him, that pro tour. <laughs> yeah. Don't draft Echo. I don't <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Every time. You should go up to Chapin and be like, Patrick, you know, congratulations on your Pro Tour win. Yeah. I was actually just thinking back to one of your, your earlier Pro Tour top yeah. eights. Not, not a win, but a top eight. And I was thinking about how great the actual eventual champion of that Pro Tour was, you know, Ritual Buffaling Mike Long's Echo Creature, <laughs> Creature Forest. And he will literally, like... He will turn bright red. He turns bright red just when you talk about that draft. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I did it to I did it to Mike Long first. I made it cool. I innovated destroying Mike Long's forest. It was me. Right. Right. He was Steve O was the iterator. Yeah. He was the innovator. Yeah, well. Steve O did it good. So yeah. That was like the best. So um at that point in our lives, uh I was Patrick's good luck charm. Every pro tour that I attended one of us would top eight. <laughs> so he like barely squeaks into day two, right? And uh, I'm playing in the PTQ. And I missed uh, I missed top eight on a, I drew with Adrian Sullivan out of friendship. And then so I had to win out. And then I could have just drawn into top eight, but you know, I drew with Adrian earlier. And then I made a, a mistake, an on table mistake against uh, Alex Schwartzman to miss top eight. At least and those things don't haunt you 15 years. Ago. I won the PTU the next weekend. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. So uh, back then, that was just what I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was at the time, I was just like a little annoyed. You know, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I should have, should have won this. Oh, actually, no, I made top eight the next weekend, and then I won the next one. Um, so then I'm like there, I'm like a little down, and EDT standing there is like, well, Mike, you really shouldn't have used your mind over matter that many times because blah 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 blah. Is adding mana, and I just get tackled from behind, and it was Patrick. And he's just like, good luck, Charm, always happens, ah! And then he had made top eight, yeah, so. Then he got me back the next one, so I, I top eighted U.S. Nationals. No, I didn't, actually. I, <laughs> I came in ninth. But that was a, it was a good try by me. Yeah. It was a good, good yeah. sportsman-like try. Yeah, how, uh, how happy were you for Patrick? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever literally cried during a Pro Tour top eight before. I was like, tears in my eyes. I'll tell you. I was listening to you in the booth, and you're like, oh, when he's thought seasoning, he's like, oh, yes, take the Sylvan Carry you did, which is actually what I was thinking, okay? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, obviously take the Sylvan Carry you did. And you're like, well, he's got to go carry it here, right? And Patrick looks at his hand, and he takes Hero's Downfall instead, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think that's probably better. And then Namsak Wu, is that his name? Yeah, Nam yeah, 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 Namsak Wu. Rips the land, which would have killed his lion. 
right? right, right. And I think Patrick loses there if he gets his lion killed, right? Because then all of a sudden it's his Corsair of Crufix versus right, right. Uh, versus Nam's uh, Urnum Jin that regenerates and scries and stuff. Sure, sure. Which is just not going to happen because Patrick right. had a horrible hand, right? right? right. Patrick is bad, but Nam's yeah, hand's yeah, yeah, yeah. worse. So I'm like, I literally thinking to myself like, oh my god, that was just the play of the Pro Tour, you know, like. Like, imagine from Nam's side of the table, the story that he tells about how he wins the Pro Tour. He's like, well, I was monoscrewed. Everything was bad, blah, blah, blah. I had to pray that Patrick Chapin would take myself and carry it. He did. I ripped. I killed his only guy. And then, like, he had nothing. And I had a reaver. And then, blah, 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 blah. And then I won the Pro Tour. But instead, you know, he just he just makes the one right play. You know, not that his other plays were right, wrong. Right, right, right. But he just, like, make, I, like, it was really hard to suppress my happiness when he's playing against... Was it against Jamie or Raptor where he has this like super shitty hand with no lands? And then he's just like scry land push. And just, I'm like I'm like well if he gets any land it'd be I okay. Think that was, I think that was Raptor. But yeah, but like but if it's forest it's insane. He's just like basic forest line. I'm like all right well all right I guess he has some game he's not necessarily gonna lose. But we can't just expect him to draw planes here and then he'll have. <laughs> Arescos, right? It was like, Arescos. And you're like, oh, well, I guess he can't possibly lose this because God decided he was yeah. going to win. Yeah. It's tough when, you know, the angel Gabriel is like blowing like, you will top deck for us. Yeah, no, he was, it was, it was a... It's like know. literally forest planes. Like, no one's ever run that good. And like, <laughs> I, I've, I've watched a lot of matches of Magic. No one has ever run that good. No? Am I wrong? I and mean, it's all of his opponents are monoscrewed with Corsair of Crufix in play? I gotta tell you something. I... Hate Corsair of Crucifix. Like, is that. it like you hate Wonder? No, no, I just hate it because it's like, like it's such a like. Man, that woman think, is magnificent. Think about like all your favorite. She's like a work of that one. You missed her. She's when I was just walking. Think, away. think about all your favorite moments from like doing Pro Tour coverage. Yeah. Right. Like, think about the Craig Jones Lightning Helix. Okay. Now imagine for an entire turn cycle, you just know that the Lightning Helix is sitting on top of his deck, yeah. and his opponent just concedes right, so, rather than letting it get to Craig's turn. I mean, I hope that you had better sense than to do this. Uh, you have 15 points, make an all-time... You have $15, make an all-time uh, basketball starting lineup. Like, LeBron's five, Michael Jordan's five. Did you see this? No, no. All right, so I saw it, but I didn't do anything, and then a listener put it on my on my Facebook wall. Yeah, so, of yeah. course, I was obligated to make my team. And so they priced John Stockton at $2, and they priced Will Chamberlain at $3. So, so the max is 5 right? So you can take... You get 5 bucks for Per position. Oh, so, okay. So, so you have $15, okay? okay? Oh, okay. So if you take Magic, Michael, LeBron... Uh, I don't remember who the, the best power forward was. Oh, Mailman Malone... And Kareem, that's $25, right? Right, right, right? But you only have 15 right? right? So if you have Stockton at 2 and Wilt at 3, you have to take those two players or yeah. you're an idiot. Right, right. Because those are literally, Wilt's the greatest basketball player of all time, okay? Yeah. And Stockton is the best point guard of all time. Right. And you have them at this insane value, right? Right, like, right, yeah, So yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. You could, I think you could reasonably take Magic Johnson for 5. Like, if you're like, like, Landy Ho thinks Magic Johnson's the best point guard of all time. He's not. Okay, John Stockton, at 40 years old, is better than almost any player. Is this going to tie back to Corsair of Crucifix? Yes, in a second it really okay. will. Right, okay, so, but, then, but you could take, like, Isaiah Thomas at a dollar or whatever, right? Yeah. But no one ever would, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost any well, configuration is better because Isaiah Thomas isn't very good. He had a good season, and then, but, like, you know, he's remembered for blah, blah. He actually was never really that good, despite the fact that the Detroit won two titles. He was, like, this inefficient volume scorer, okay? So... 
The problem is if you commit $5, you only have 10 left. You cannot take both Michael and LeBron and have a power forward. Okay? So do you see what I'm saying? It's imp- but, but I think that the, the first step in the idiot test is do you take Wilton Stockton? The answer is you have to. The problem is I think you have to take Michael next, not because Michael's better than LeBron. LeBron's better than Michael. The next best shooting guard is Kobe. So it's just like Michael and then Kobe. And then, like, a bunch of guys you would just never take on an all-time right. team, right? Like, I think Dwayne Wade... Do they have people at zero? No. There's no... You have to take somebody at value. Okay. Okay. So, like, you could pay a dollar for Dwayne Wade. He's fine, but, like... I would take Dwayne Wade at a dollar. You, you... In order to keep LeBron? Yeah. Here's the problem. If you don't take LeBron... You could take KD for $2. Oh, okay. Okay? The drop-off from LeBron is Larry Bird at 4 which is what I did. Right? Right, right. I think that's completely logical. Then I just take... Then I just say KG for a dollar. Okay, I'm like, they're just badly mispriced. So, like, they have Duncan at $3 and KG at a dollar. KG at his height was better than Duncan. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate KG and I love Duncan. But at his height, KG was better than Duncan. Right, right. Okay? They're very comparable players. But who the hell's going to pay $4 for, for Barkley or $5 for Mailman? Why would you pay $5 for Mailman when you pay $3 for Duncan? This is really just an idiot test. And the number of people who have Kobe on their team is, like, is absurd. Anyway, so this becomes like a heated debate on my Facebook wall. Some like 600 posts long with like Jordy Tate talking about heart and how Isaiah scored 25 and a quarter once. And I'm just like, but this is a pricing exercise, not how much you liked watching one quarter of basketball when you were a kid. You know, like this is literally a pricing exercise. It's a pricing exercise and then it becomes an arguing exercise. I mean, I, so anyway, like, I just went into full, like, by the end, like, people, some people were, like, Ed Fear was, like, agreeing with some of the stuff Jordy was saying. At the end, he's like, well, I mean, a lot of this stuff doesn't really make any sense if you look at the stats. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, like, his argument is, like, Stockton was, like, a stat stuffer. Like, all the guys I like are stat stuffers. I'm like, all right, Wilt was considered one-dimensional, so he said, tell you what, I'm going to lead the league in assists next year. And he did, from center. He had a year where he averaged over 48 48 minutes a game. Do you know what that means? It means he played every minute of the game and overtimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay? He was just, he's just the greatest basketball player of all time. And, I don't know, people like arguing that you shouldn't have Wilt on your team is absurd. Is Bill Russell available? Uh, so, you could take at five, uh, you could say Kareem, Bill Russell at four. Wilt Bill at Russell th- at four? Yeah, so I'll Wilt- take Bill Russell. Over Wilt? Yeah. I mean... I think Bill Russell's really good too. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've always said if I, if you let me make like my all-time basketball team, I just play Bill Russell at power forward. Sure. And my team's like Wilt, Bill Russell, LeBron, uh, Michael, and Stockton. I got pretty close to the best possible team, right? right. But you, the problem is, you literally can't take both, both uh, LeBron and Michael. And so I think you have to compromise on LeBron but because the next best player is Bird. He's still very can't, good. Can't you take LeBron and Michael and then just pad out with ones and twos, like? At power forward, you can because, like, Durant's really good. You know, I mean, sorry, not Durant. Um, KG's really good. That's fine. He only costs... <laughs> he only costs one. Uh, I mean, but, like, you... I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, you're talking about the best player at their position of sure. all time. Sure, Right? Just, yeah. I mean, but some people like, would actually say that but, but I'm saying Bird like, is LeBron, better than... LeBron, he's LeBron not, carried but. his team, right, to the, to the finals with nobody. I mean... Bird did four finals appearances in a row too. Sure, but I'm, I'm saying like, but like, but if you go LeBron, I mean LeBron's you, East is 
If you go LeBron like a Jordan, thirty-nine win go, team makes the playoffs but if you go in the LeBron freaking Jordan, East. Yeah, then the t- I, you should be able to just Dirk Nowitzki your way into. The- yeah, I mean. So you take LeBron Jordan, you have five five points to go. Like you still take Stockton at two, right? So that's twelve points. You have three points for the others. You could take Olajuwon for a point, and then. Yeah, I mean, and then like, like first of all, like. Whatever players you pick there, as long as they're sort of good enough to be in this like mix, other than the Jordan and LeBron are just going to make them better. No, the bigs are all awesome, right? The worst center is Lajuan. <laughs> the worst power forward is KG. <laughs> it's like I think I thought that KG at one was a is a no brainer, right? You yeah. Like, but you only have if you give me sixteen points, my team is freaking insane. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to go over the plate. Yeah. Just one. You just want to like at sixteen points, I could have. Poker off it up. I was like, my team is Wilt, Stockton, LeBron, right. Michael, and, and KG. But LeBron to to Burt isn't that bad, right? That's right. still an insane team. Okay, so how does this tie back to Corsair Crew? Oh, the, the way it ties back to Corsair Crew, it's just like, a, this isn't math. This is just like sure. your level of excitement, you know? Like, sure, You're sure, Jordy sure. with the, but Isaiah kicked off 25 points in a quarter once. His argument was, his argument was, look, my team against your team, your Stockton can't play defense, and I'm just going to score 20 a quarter with my Isaiah. I'm like, are you insane? Stockton is the all-time leader in assists, I'm sorry, all-time leader in steals, and Isaiah consistently led the league in turnovers. I'm, I'm not sure that you could get the ball up the floor. <laughs> Kicked off 25 points once. Like, I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's a true statement. Um, do you see what I'm saying with Corsair yeah, Crew Fix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I, I accept the fact that it's just going to be around in standard for the next year. Plus, maybe, yeah. It's and good then, card. you know, you may see it. I mean, do people play it in modern? Have we seen it in modern? Uh, I tried a deck with it, but I don't, didn't go anywhere. Cause, like, I think that you have to play powerful, explosive decks in modern. Yeah. Like at least, like if your deck isn't like a combo deck, like at least you got to be able to kick off a Sphinx's Revelation or something. Like, I don't think like well, Trishy decks get there anymore. Like, do people jun still? Is that still a thing? I think mean, people will always jun. I mean, does it win? I think it probably will win. I, I Were there be- any juns in the top eight of the Pro Tour? No, it was just twin variants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight different twin variants. <laughs> yeah. No, there was no judge. But I mean, obviously, also things change as each new set comes out. So I don't know. Um, I think that if you make decks that are just more and more efficient and proactive, it's hard to make just grindy Trishy decks that are that are good enough because like every change that you make to a deck, like Birthing Potter. Splinter Twin makes the deck either more redundant, more robust, or faster. Right. And, like, adding another kind of duress, when there was already a critical mass of duress and people didn't sure, play all sure. the ones that they could, is that much of an indication of improvement? Wow. <laughs> this really is the greatest corner in New York City. So, uh... That's why I wouldn't want to play your monobike Devotion deck. It just seems to me like... Here's a deck with, like, a four drop in it, and I'm tapping out for a five five, and they kill me. <laughs> I mean, like, I've been there. I'm much more likely to play Tom Ross's blue-green infect deck, which is just the deck we played in standard. <laughs> Actually, we could Rancor, though. Yeah. Think, like, oh, listen yeah. to all Rancor. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> I think I could live with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been, I've been really wanting to, uh, I really want to try building something with Strength from the Fallen for Modern. Is that the one that's a, a consolation card, and yeah. then it counts the stuff in graveyard? Yeah, it counts creatures in graveyard. It gives plus 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 x plus x equal to the number of creatures in a graveyard in your graveyard to target creature whenever an enchantment comes into play. So when it comes into play, assuming you're 
building your deck correctly, it's like plus six, plus six, you know, early on, right? Like, But I need to have, like, Seder Wayfinders or whatever dumping stuff into my graveyard. I mean, you could have... We're playing modern, right? We could be playing Hedron Crabs. We could be playing all, all the mulches and communities. But it's natures. just like... But I, I need to have, like, all these binning things and creatures just to be in the graveyard and enchantments. I mean, your enchantments could be things like Strength from the Fallen, Ranker, Corsair. Like, like you could just be like... So I have enchantment guys, that's your strat? Some, some enchantment guys, like some number of them, but also playing, like, Hexproof guys. Just, like, some redundant number of Hexo Invisible Stalker and guys the same trap. I gotta say, Brian, I hate this deck. Do you really? I hate it, yeah. Like, it's... Like, I hate it worse than Heroic. You hate it worse? It's like... This deck is, like, much more powerful, though. Like, it's... Yeah, it's more powerful because you're in modern, right? What I'm saying is, like, you can build this deck in such a way where, like, on turn four, you know, you go play a Strength of the Fallen, give my Invisible Stalker plus six, plus six, play Ranker, Give my invisible soccer plus eight plus six and kill you. But I did all, But I don't understand how you're starting the phone so powerful already. Like I had to do all this setup work. I could have just been attacking. I could play. I have a hedron crab. But I, like your hedron crab doesn't get along with your invisible stalker. Like those guys aren't friends. Sure they are. Your hedron. Your hedron crab, by the way, is not a defender. You could also attack with that guy. I'm not just rankering with my hedron crab. I mean, just like yeah. this is just not gonna happen. I don't know. I'm gonna try to make it happen. I'm going to build this deck for sure. I mean, like, I, I understand the folly... We'll call it the folly of Golgari Grave Troll 2005. Sure. Okay? Oh, my God. That was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I understand the folly of that. All right? We'll call that Flores' yeah. folly. Yeah, Okay? Yeah. But this deck has too many things it wants to do and not enough time. Right? So you play your Hedron Crab on turn one, right? You're milling, milling. When are you playing your Strength of the Fallen on turn two? I don't have to play it. You could play it just the turn you kill someone. You can... You Wait, can, so when I play the Strength of the Fallen, does it trigger? Yes. It triggers when you play it itself. And then it triggers on each subsequent enchantment. So if I... Just for sake of argument, if I had, like... Two Strength of the Fallen No, I was thinking, like... <laughs> it's an incalculable amount of damage. Like a Shuko and a... And a... And a... Cephalid Illusionist, right? Like, I could set up... Yes. A big kill. Yes. Are those cards modern legal? No, no, no. I'm, yeah. Shuko is. Yeah, but okay, yeah. I, uh, you, know, you know, I'm just trying yeah, to, yeah. like, make an extension. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could do, like, with, um, what's it called? Uh, that guy who, you sacrifice a guy, you flip over until you see a... Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like Under Jack- City Informer. Yeah, like that Jackie Lee deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could play those cards, Yes, right? you could. I mean, you could also, but, I mean, like, Hedron Crab and Fetchlands puts a ton of cards in your graveyard but the thing the thing that I so I guess you have Strength of the Fallen is just like a, a one time giant growth in your graveyard well it's not a one time because you're going to you're going to play no 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 you play it like a giant growth you just yes. play it and it's like yes. it makes a big ups yes I could live with that with Infects I think I hate this deck I just really <laughs> hate it it's like same reason I hate Heroic right like I was playing this guy playing Heroic last Strength week Strength of the Fallen by the way might actually be good in the blue green in fact, it's yeah. like you just lose guys. Like people just like trade guys, and they're like, "I gotta kill your guy." I, I don't think that there's much, there's much danger in not having your guy be lethal enough. I, 
real problem is keeping your guy alive, right? right. If you can get your guy through the red zone, he's probably gonna kill the yeah, opponent. Like, it's but like, like, well, I needed 15 more infect counters. Well, no, you didn't actually. The six that you got this turn was enough. It's just whether or not you can keep your guys alive. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Tom Ross started four Viridian Corruptors. I guess they were good. I guess whatever guys say infect on them. Sure. Just play it. I mean, Corruptors just good though, right? Um, I guess he kills a birthing pod, right? Yeah. But how do you get through? Distortion strike, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I just remember playing all kinds of garbage in it. I thing. saw, I was, it's funny, I was, uh, I was digging around for cards, I'm building a new commander deck, and I was digging around for cards in the office today, and I found remnants of all of our, you know, blue-green decks. Found, like, From prime the years? E like, primeval titans and frost titans just chilling together. And then, like, you know, with Birds of Paradise and Genesis Waves. So, could there and be then, like, like a. Listener Elves just hanging out with. Uh, let's make a deck. Okay, it'll start with Werebear. <laughs> Werebear, Aquamiba. Oh, I, I found a Grizzly Fate. I'm like, oh, Grizzly Fate. Werebear, Aquamiba, Centaur, Chieftain, Grizzly Fate. <laughs> Breakthrough. Oh, man. We just, we'll make a blue green deck of all the, all the cast the offs. Did you see the new art for Breakthrough? There's a new Breakthrough? It's in... Uh, conspiracy? It's in Conspiracy. Can you tell me what Conspiracy is? Is it a set? Yeah. I'm not on Conspiracy Week, so I don't actually know what it is. It's a set? Like, the next set? So, it's, Conspiracy is a special release set, sort of like the way the Commander product came out. Yeah. Uh, and the way it works is you draft it. You always draft it. It is... You can use the cards in different ways, but it is... The set is intended for multiplayer play for draft formats. So, eight players draft it. There are cards in the draft. Is it when you draft this? Yeah, when you draft this, reveal it and do something. So there's cards that basically interact with all aspects of playing the game. So there are cards that change the way you draft. There are cards that change the way you build a deck. Uh, there are cards that change, you know, the way the cards that you have in play act and function. Like, everything about it is just like... It's, it's certainly a casual format. It's intended to be, like, fun. But uh, the cards are legal in Vintage and Legacy also. So you're saying there might be some good cards to look at? Yes. So let's look some at some. Cards. Okay. And it's super fun. I mean, it's super fun. Have you played it? I did. Yeah. I drafted Howling Wolves and Brainstorm. My favorite How many day. Howling Wolves? I had four. Yeah? Yeah. And I had four Brainstorms. <laughs> and a Rito Lantern. So, uh, I mean, I'm just going to talk about, like, there's a bunch of old cards. Yeah. You know, that are reprinted. We won't really talk about those. But, like, uh, so there's, like, voting. Voting's this new thing. So, like, a card like Bravo's Representative, 2W for a 1-4. While voting, you get an additional vote. Uh, so the, your vote count is 2-1. <laughs> what the fuck so is this, voting? <laughs> so this card, probably not going to see playing Constructed, but... Uh, I, I kind of the, the voting cards, are the, which is called Will of the Council, is the mechanic. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You're going to just be perplexed this entire segment, aren't you? I okay. told you, I don't know anything All about right. conspiracy. So, Council Guardian, yeah. 5W, it's a 5-5, five five, Giant Soldier, and it has Will of the Council. When Council Guardian enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for blue, black, red, or green. Council Guardian gains protection from each color with the most votes or tied for the most votes. So if there were four of us sitting around playing and we all named one color, then it would get protection from all those colors. 
And then I can, if I had a brown. So if I just like said green, right? Everyone yeah. should just say green. So Correct. That... Correct. But sometimes, but you know, when you're playing multiplayer magic, sometimes you. You want, want to... me to screw the other guy. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you want to, you know, make friends, send something, you know, send something in a different direction. I I've never had so many hurt feelings as when I played group games of magic back in the early 90s. Yeah, right. I, I would always get some idiot to gang up on my friend who had the rare cards. And he would be pissed at the end of every single game. I can't imagine you being anything less than utterly antagonistic in multiplayer. I'd be like, look, dude, we can't possibly beat him unless we work together. Right. He's like, what? I have a Sylvan library. But he's just going to draw too many yeah. cards. we got to kill him. So this card's kind of interesting. One WW Sorcery Council's Judgment. So this is another Will of the Council card. Starting with you, each player votes for a non-lane permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. So, heads up in Legacy, this is actually an answer to True Name Nemesis. Oh, because I could just name True Name Nemesis. Yes. Because you're not targeting it. So this is like a Vindicate. Basically. What's a non-land Vindicate? Yeah, it's a uh, non-land permanent that you don't control. So you can get an Oblivion Ring, you can get... That's an excellent card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this just... This, and this actually deals with True Name Nemesis, right? I'm not misreading this card. Okay. Right? Then there's Courier Hawk. Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about Courier Hawk. Um, so, I mean, I think this is one of, on my short list of cards. You seem to be going back to Courier Hawk. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Custody Soulbinders, 3W, uh, Human Cleric, 0, zero. When it enters the battlefield, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, where X is the number of other creatures you control. Uh, oh, no, sorry, where X is the number of other creatures on the battlefield. Uh, and then you can uh, remove a counter to put a 1-1 spirit creature token flying into play for three mana. Anything? Seems like a lot of mana. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. And, uh, you're not, do you want to go through these? We could. I mean, okay. I don't know anything about these cards. Custody Squire. That is a cool picture. 4-W for a 3-3 spirit uh, cleric. Will of the Council, when it enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for an artifact, creature, or enchantment card in your graveyard. Return each card with the most votes or tied for the most votes to your hand. Yeah, this card's not good at all. It's like the world's shittiest Eternal Witness. Yes, it is. I'm just going down for cards that are not uh, well, these already are existing. All from just Onslaught block, yeah. as far as I can tell. Rousing of Souls. Ooh. Uh, 2W Parlay. Uh, That's like with pirates, right? Parlay? Parlay. It's like, it's like let's get together and talk. Let's have a parlay. Let's oh. have a meeting. Arr. Let's uh, get together and talk. Parlay is pretty interesting. Each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each car, each non-lane card revealed this way, I get to put a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Then each player draws a card. So we can just keep doing it? No. No, you get to do it once. It's a sorcerer. Yeah. How are you? So, for each... Oh, so it's a it's a guess, right? So I just... I, I cast this. Yeah. Uh, we both flip... You and I... Head, heads up. Yeah. We both flip over. I have a land card. You have a non-land card. I get to put one spirit token into play, and we both draw a card. Four-player game. Four players flip over. I get to put two tokens into play. Everyone gets to draw a card. Oh, I don't like that card. No. It costs too much mana to let the opponent draw a card. Uh, soul Catcher. Like in a format where they might kill you if they draw a card? I'm not, I'm not really a well, fan. But, I mean, you know, people are also less likely to kill you if you're letting them draw cards, right? 
not, not in Legacy. I'm like, oh, in Legacy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought you were talking about multiplayer. But your, true, your true name nemesis thing, I, okay, I can get behind that. Now you're like, everyone's playing nice, but yeah. they're not playing nice. Yeah. They're dicks. Soul Catcher, 1W for 1-1 one, one flying. Whenever a creature with flying dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on this. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, we're still only in white? <laughs> uh, we're done with white. I mean, there were... I'm not talking about cards that we've already seen. Uh, Academy Elite. This is a whole cycle of cards. You're never going to be excited about any of these guys. Uh, four mana for plus X, for X plus how one many, counters. How many products are they planning to release every year? I think <laughs> they release the four sets. And then a, like, another product, like Commander or this, or... Like a multiplayer casual format. Product. Fair enough. Brainstorm, I like that one. Yeah, I had like four of those in my deck. Compulsive Research, I like that one. Breakthrough, these are all cards I've played. Yeah. Look at Factor Fiction. I've played that one. Never well. There are a lot of existing cards. Okay. Uh, Marchessa's Emissary. Uh, this is four mana for a 2 2 with Hexproof. And its power is Death. Oh, Dethrone? Dethrone. I thought it's a death prone. No, no, <laughs> Like, man, it's death prone. So Dethrone says whenever this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So not really a great heads-up yeah. heads mechanic. Unless you're playing, like, if it's in um, Infect, it might be awesome. Right. Uh, Marchesta's Infiltrator seems kind of interesting. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. we got to look to see if there's any good cheap. There's not. No, nah, there's not. Marches I feel like we've been down this road. Yeah, Marchessa's Infiltrator is a 1-1 one, one Dethrone that has, whenever it deals combat to actual player, draw Why are all these women wearing short dresses like all of them? Because it's really warm and beautiful out. Thank goodness um, so it's warm So here's beautiful. a card that seems like it might be kind of broken-y. I don't know if people will be able to use Mr. it. Misdirection? Muzio Visionary Architect. 1-U-U for a 1-3 legendary creature human artificer. 3-U tap. Look at the top X cards of your library where X is the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control, you may reveal an artifact card from among them and put it onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So I can get any artifact based on the, how many artifacts I have? Is that right? Uh, it's the converted mana cost of... The, the highest converted mana cost of an artifact. So, for example, if you had a Mirror Enforcer in play... That's and seven? You, and you activate it, right. You'd get to look seven deep and then... Just put any artifact among yeah, them so into play. Yeah, so let's say I only have, like, a Sensei's Divining Top. Can I just put a Blightsteel Colossus into play? If it's the, my top card? Yes. I feel like that card is yes. not good enough, but it's incredibly powerful. <laughs> right, it's four mana to activate. So the thing is, like, in Legacy, decks that can get a burst of seven mana with requisite amount of artifacts in play will have some much more efficient way to win the game than this. That's the way I'd look at it. But and nobody's going to let you have your 3-4. I mean, like, you're literally like, here's 3 mana for my 1-3 guy. Here's 4 mana for his activation with, a, with enough artifacts in play that it actually does something interesting. Yeah. There's a 0% chance of that going off in a competitive game. Yeah. Um, so I like it a lot in... In theory. I mean, if this card costs you or something, it would be, like, the best I card ever. I guarantee but. you that this card is going to be... A nightmare card in Commander. Like, people are just going to build their decks around this guy. The mono blue decks with this. That just... Is he a legend? He's a legend, yeah. Well, you can only play one artifact land, right? Uh, yeah, but the artifact land has a converted mana cost of zero, so... Isn't it number of artifacts? No. It's... 
You get oh, to, highest. Yeah. You get to look at X equals, or you get to look at a cost where cards where X is equal to the cost. Oh, so if I have a Bledsoe bust, I look at like 13. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're starting with me having a Bledsoe. Yes. But I mean, like, you're, you're like, this is very tinkery, right? Like, this is a card yeah, that's really clearly violating power, the rules of magic. A powerful card, yeah. Every time I go to a big tournament, people are playing Commander. I always want to make a Commander deck, and I never do. You can borrow one of mine. Where you going? You'll like my blue-green deck. You draw so many cards. Yeah, I like doing that. Uh, Plea for Power. This is an interesting card to me. Three U for Sorcery. Will of the Council. So, again, this is one of those weird cards when it's a two-player card. It's going to be, like, the vote's always going to be tied. Yeah. Uh, starting with you, each player votes for time or knowledge. If time gets more votes, take an extra turn after this one. If knowledge gets more votes or the vote is tied, draw three cards. Well, I'm starting with me? Yes. So I say time, you're just going to say time, right? If I say time, so it's me, I go time. I'll say time. No, wouldn't you say knowledge and then I draw three cards? Would you want me to take an extra turn? I don't want you to take an extra turn. You don't? You'd rather have me draw three cards? This is, like, pretty bad for me, right? I'd much rather have you draw three cards for four mana than take, take an, an extra, extra turn. turn. Okay. Right? Like, I think that if you had a card that was just four mana take an extra turn, it would be a four of in everybody's deck right. in some formats, right. right? But four mana to draw three cards is no big deal. Right. That's just what people do. Not not playable? I think it's playable. I mean, wait, so if the vote is tied, then you draw three cards. Correct. But if I, if I say time, you get an extra turn. Yes. If you don't have a creature, I might say time. <laughs> That's kind of, I mean If you say knowledge, it doesn't matter what I say You always draw three cards, right? Correct Correct You can always draw three cards with this if you really want to I actually think it's an incredibly interesting card Yeah It's an opportunity for your opponent to also play incorrectly, right? Yeah I mean, I wonder, like, because Time Warp has been a playable card in many formats for one more mana, right? Right. And so, like, the weird thing happens, like, if suddenly that white card, Braga's whatever, where you get an extra vote, <laughs> the, the one four creature where you get an extra vote, like, suddenly you can do some weird things. So, let's think about this for a second. If you think about, like, Pyromancer's Ascension, which played both time warps and four C's, right? Right. You'd probably just four of this card in that deck, right? To You could. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's playing a Legacy Pyromancer Ascension deck. With but... those cards. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. it were standard legal, yeah, oh, yeah. that might be something that people... Uh, there's another... Wait, another... Wait, just for a second. I think there, like, might be a Matilda behind us. Someone who played Matilda on Broadway? Or is playing Matilda. She, it sounds like she's singing, and it's like a young girl. Oh, that's funny. An, an exceptionally clear voice. Hold on. I don't know if we can afford to pay for the rights if it makes it out to the recording. I, yeah, I'm 95% sure there's like a Matilda or something right there. Yeah. So here's a card that's... And her dad is like making her sing for people, which is whack. Uh, here, here's more. Maybe she's a Matilda understudy. Um, um, so split decision. One you, will of the council, choose target instant or sorcery spell. Starting with you, each player votes for denial or duplication. Uh, if denial gets more votes, counter the spell. If duplication gets more votes or the vote is tied, copy the spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. 
This is like one of those crazy is it cards from back at yeah. Pro Tour Charleston that I never yeah. knew how to play right. I mean, it's pretty simple though, right? Like, I mean, this is just another counter for counters, right? Mm -hmm. It's always, this always counters a counter spell, right? Yeah. I, I mean, there's obviously cheaper ways to do it though. No, it's only two. Yeah. It's too good, yeah? I mean, only there's only Dispel. New Stifle Art. Don't worry, we won't, we won't talk about the conspiracies and that kind of stuff, because that's going to be a little... Uh... Alright, here's another one. Bite of the Black Rose, Will of the Council. Starting with you, each player votes for Sickness or Psychosis. I would vote for Psychosis. Okay. If Sickness gets more votes, creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two until end of turn. If Psychosis gets more votes or the vote is tied, each opponent discards two cards. I would vote for Sickness. <laughs> Probably not playable. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's... That more. card is, like, too crappy. Like, if I have, like, a Geist of St. Traft, and then I'm just like, yo, Psychosis, then I'm just discarding cards. I might not even have any cards, right? Well, you're not going to discard anything. No, like... That's another one of our favorite cards. Skeletal Scrying. Small Pots. Siphon Soul. I would game Tragic that Slip. One. Tragic Slip's a good man. Uh, Tyrant's Choice. So, two mana. This is one up, one B. Uh, starting with you, each player votes for Death or Torture. If death gets more votes, each opponent sacrifices a creature. If torture gets more votes or the vote is tied, each opponent loses four life. Eh. eh. I like edicts that, you know, make yeah. the creature die. So red, looking through. Boldwin Intimidator, cowards can't block warriors. People get Still they can't? They still can't. It's been years they still can't block. Uh, Enraged Evolutionary is just a 2-1 Death Throne guy. Let's see, Genzu's rebuttal. Do they have Hitatsugu second right? Uh, no. They have Heartless Hitatsugu. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Genzu's rebuttal. Put a 4-4 red ogre creature token onto the battlefield. Starting with you, each player chooses an artifact, a creature, and a land from among the permanents controlled by the player to his or her left. Destroy each permanent chosen this way. Including me? Well, that would include you, yeah. For six mana. Oh, that, like, the more players, the better this is, right? Yeah, yeah. But if it's, like, a two-player game... Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, has a six-mana stone screw, range. You just screw people up in a match on either side of you at a tournament. <laughs> Player to like my it. left, he's, he's playing there. Um, mission team... I'm just looking for cards that are relevant to... Oh, man. Scourge of the Throne. Oh, I like that art. So this is a 5-5 uh, five, five dragon with flying... Whenever Scourge of the Throne attacks for the first time each turn, if it's attacking the player with the most life or tied with the most life, untap all attacking creatures. After this phase, there's an additional combat. Phase. So this is like Aurelia? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. What about Power of Fire? That looks like a good card. That's our existing card already. Look good. Yeah, it's an enchant creature. It turns a creature into a Tim. We've seen it before. Sulfuric Vortex. Some of these are crappy old Treasonous cards. Treasonous Ogre. Seems like maybe there's something broken. You could do a pay three life, add red to your mana pool. Uh, this doesn't seem like it's too hard to break. I mean, it costs four to cast. It's the... I feel like if I could untap with this, I think my opponent would be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, so I have this steady source of mana for the rest of this turn if I need it, huh? I mean, like... Would you play this card? I don't know. I would consider it. I mean, better or worse than Goblin Electromancer? Well, think about it for a second in, like, a storm deck. Yeah. So you could be like, 
you know, you like return your grinning Ignis or whatever that is, and you make your mana, and then you play this, and now you can just like spend 15 life and get five red. Yeah. You never fizzle. This card might actually be just playable. I mean, it's tough to, I mean, they play it's, cards it, like Pass and yeah. Flames, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green. Lots of Elven Guides back. Not back, but you know, new art. Exploration. A lot of favorites. Howling Wolf. Speaking of favorites. Hydra Omnivore. Now, I've always loved Lead the Stand's Key. What's that? Yeah, I have. I just pulled one of these from my new commander deck. But it just never does it anything. It never did anything. No. Uh, Hydra Omnivore is a card that does actual nothing in head to head, but it's pretty cool in multiplayer. Alright, so it's six for an 8 8. Right. Whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. But oh, so just literal nothing. Yeah, literal nothing in head to head. It's an omnivore that like, eats both vegetables and animals, right? Yes. That, that's eats not, everything. That seems like a really poorly named card. <laughs> Uh, Realm Seekers, six mana for something that's not going to make it. I'm just going to move on. Sakura Child Elder! Your favorite. I'm just looking for... Alright. Green just did nothing for Green for did nothing for me. So here's some of the, some of the exciting cards are in uh, multicolor. Bassandra, oh, some of these are cool. Cassandra Battle Seraph, flying players can't cast spells during combat. Red target creature taxes turn of able four four for for five. Yeah, that's four. just not good enough to play. Okay. Uh, Brago King Eternal. He looks really cool, so I hope he's good enough two, to play. Two four for four mana, two W U. He's flying. flying. Whenever Brago deals combat damage to a player, exile any number of target non land permanents you control. Then return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Any number? Yes. How is this a real magic card? <laughs> So I hit you. And I just draw six or something? Like, what if I'm blinking mole drifters? That's perfectly reasonable. I mean, I mean obviously this isn't good enough for legacy. legacy. I mean, Commander, like, this card's ridiculous. Commander, this card is utterly ridiculous. I mean, why can't I... I, I would consider playing this in modern. You could play it with, like, mole drifters and blinks, kitchen finks, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, what if my entire deck was just 187s? Yes. I mean, then I would just lose to people whose deck was entirely 187s who had a, a, a birthing pot in play. All right. Dak Faden. Yeah? Planeswalker. 1-U-R. Uh, Planeswalker Dak. Dak. Three loyalty. Uh, plus one. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. It's not the worst. Not the worst. Doesn't defend itself, but... Uh, minus two, gain control of target artifact. It's okay. Plus, minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. What a terrible You think this <laughs> is terrible? Yeah. Ah. It's just terrible. Like, I'm already spending cards to do this. Right. It's just horrible. What, you disagree? It doesn't defend itself. No. Just compare it to any three I mean, mana. Gaining control of an artifact is pretty good. All I right. Guess. Well, if your opponent's playing artifacts, I guess. Yeah. Like, what if your opponent's not playing artifacts? 
Like, what if you do it to a batter skull and they, like, blink it? I mean, like, or return its hand or whatever. Can you get them tapped while they're tapped out? Of course you can sometimes. Woo! I mean, like, I don't know. Did they breed you for a deck? Are you just going to hold your deck fading because you're just waiting to get them with the with the minus two on this? I mean, you might as well just play Steel Artifact if that's going to be here. Oh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> this is just, like, the worst. Yeah, I don't really understand the ultimate too much. Yeah, it's bad. Like, what spells... Are, like, the problem is, like, the spells that I'm playing that are going to target a permanent are, you say, are like, generally going to be things to kill it, steal yeah. it, or bounce it. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, no, I don't I don't care for that. I mean, like, let's say, for example, you're, like, vapor snagging something, right? All right, you gain control of it, and now take one. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, Dax duplicate. Two, you Dax are, duplicate doesn't even look anything like Dax. Dax over here. He's making a duplicate. You may have Dax Duplicate enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it gains haste and dethrone. Well, that's awesome. It's like the best clone ever, right? Yeah. Yes, it's really good. Well, his duplicate is way better than him. Death Reap Ritual. I think this is a reprint, actually. I don't know. All right. Demir Doppelganger, Edric. Uh, extract from Darkness. 3UB. Uh, sorcery. Each player puts the top two cards of his or her library into hers or grave into his or her graveyard. Then put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Each player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Then put a creature card from a graveyard on. So it might not have to be that, right? Like you might only just have just a sweet only, guy. Yes. So this is just basically a unburial rights for one or, more. Or, but it's also it's a reanimate action because you can hit your opponents. Yeah, so, but sometimes you can get something super sweet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like okay. Well, five mana, probably not. I'd say it seems okay. Yeah. I mean, five, you don't, nobody spends five mana to reanimate in Legacy. All right, Flame right. RW for a 1-1. One, one, that one tap, put a construct artifact creature with Defender onto the battlefield. Tap, sacrifice a creature with Defender to deal one damage to target creature or player. Man, that seemed like so exciting with all that text and then it, all its abilities. And then it just, like, let me down. It wasn't exciting at all. Yeah. Uh, this card, actually, I think Grenzo Dungeon Warden is pretty interesting. XBR, again, my, my interesting is also a lot of times going to be Commander. Yeah. Which is going to be less interesting. Do you really play you. that much Commander? Yeah, I play a fair amount. All right. I have two decks with me right now. We could game. We could game. Uh, Grenzo Dungeon Warden. Uh, Grenzo enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Two mana. Put the bottom card of your library into your graveyard. If it's a creature card with power less than or equal to Grenzo's power, put it onto the battlefield. Two mana, not tap. That's a very powerful ability. So, put the bottom card of your library into the graveyard. If it's a creature card, power less. Equal or less? So you could just... Could he just be for two? He could be for two, yes. And you just play a deck of all twos? Yes. And he's just never big. It doesn't even matter. I mean, sure. sometimes you just make him big if you want, sure. but, like, he just always hits. Right. Seems like a really good card. Yeah, this card seems, seems like really a card with. Sam Black would game with. Yeah. Happy seems... It's Sam's birthday. Happy Is birthday. it? Oh, happy birthday, Sam. Uh, Magister of Worth. So, hey, right. Worth. Uh, for uh, WB, Creature Angel. Well, I think that Grenzo guy is really good. Yeah, he's... It's potentially very powerful. But the only problem is these are just, like, not played in real formats, right? I like, mean, Commander's a real format, dude. Not competitive. Like, you can play whatever you want, no one will judge you. <laughs> okay, like, I sat there and watched people play Commander. One dude's got, like, 
Wasteland and Ancestral Recall, and the other dude's got, like, you know, Carews or something, and then they're just, like, both sitting there having a happy game. And it takes I, four, I guarantee you, and the takes, one guy with the Carews was not having a happy game if he got Wasteland. Let me tell you something. And it takes 40 minutes for the guy with the Carews to lose, okay? <laughs> but it was just never in doubt, right? The other guy's, like, sitting there gaining life with his commander that if he's in any zone, you're gaining life, and he's got all kinds of text. And, and the other guys... I mean, I've seen people with their, like, commander that... Is it too, is it too much to ask, by the way, speaking of Magister Worth, for Worth, for someone to put... Teferi's response in the goddamn Magic Online cube. Why? Can you imagine when someone reanimates their frickin' Terastodon and targets one of your lands, and then you're like, Teferi's response, blow your stupid Terastodon up, draw two cards, don't lose my land? I mean, I don't know. Is it really that big a deal to you? Yeah. I mean, I play a lot of Rishon Ports, Wastelands, yeah, like, Strip Mines, Goblin Ring, Rune Blasters. I, I don't think I've ever cut a, a, a Ravenous Baboons. I think it's sure. been in my deck. So, like, so, so, Darwin Castle's always Teferi, in my deck. Teferi's response would be awesome against Humbly. all of these You're cards. making me so sad. I didn't play a single cube last round because I was prepping for that. You know, cube's game. going on right now, right? Are you kidding me? No. Right now? Right now. How do I not know this stuff? Are you kidding? No. Is it a new season? I have, like, a ton of points from when I put yes. that pizza cube. Yes, It's the same season. Whatever it is, I don't know. Are you shitting me? No. How so do we going on right now? This stuff? I don't know. You have one more day, I think. Are you... One day? Are you, I think so. I think it stops you, tomorrow. How is it like this? Or to Wednesday. So you have two days. How do I not know these things? I don't know. I log into Magic Online. It doesn't tell me to cube. Do you look in the drafts? No. Well, you got to look in drafts. It'll tell you to cube. I swear. I'm not gonna go to the gym if I can. <laughs> uh, Marchessa the Black Rose. One. We didn't even learn what Magister of Worth oh, does. Sorry. When Magister of Worth enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for Grace or Condemnation. Oh man, that's terrible. If Grace gets more votes, each player returns each creature card from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. If Condemnation gets more votes or is tied, Destroy all creatures other than Magister of Worth. Well, at least you get to keep the Magister. Ken Nagel thought that one through, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't we just all name Diamond Nation? This, this card's really good. Like, if you could cheat it into play or something like that. I mean, I guess Wrath guys are okay. No one ever gamed a Desolation Giant. Yeah, that's, that's true. like a Wrath guy. True. Um, people only play, like, Angel of Grace or whatever in Unfair decks. I mean, you just always say grace if you play this, right? You're like, grace, all my guys are coming back, right? No. I mean, the problem is if they want grace to hit, there's probably something <laughs> worse happening to you than, you know, your goblin rune blaster coming back with no kicker. Uh, Marchessa the Black Rose, one, and then Grixis, legendary creature, dethrone. Other creatures you control have dethrone. Not, again, not so great, no, heads up. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. That's really powerful. That is pretty powerful. I, I mean, like, we say stuff like that's really powerful, but it's attached to some shitty creature. It's not really that powerful. <laughs> Mirari's Wake, Mortify, Deed. These are like this all card, the this card was all insane. the grindy favorites. This was my first pick in the conspiracy draft. Selvala Explorer Returned, 1GW for 2-4. Who does that look like? That looks like uh, Mina Murray and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Maybe, yeah. 
Uh, each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each non-land revealed this way, add green to your mana pool. Uh, and draw, and you gain one life, and then each player draws a card. Oh, I don't like this card. You don't like that card? I don't like cards that their, uh, their defining feature is sharing. I don't like that. What is this creature? Spirit, Spirit, Spirit Miser. Uh, and then finally Woodvine Elemental. I love Spirit Miser. It's like one of my all-time favorite cards. So most of the artifacts are weird cards. You were asking, like, what the set does. So, Deal Breaker, for example, is a three-mana, two-three. Uh, deal, draft, Deal Broker face-up. So it changes the rules of drafting. Immediately after the draft, you may reveal a card from your card pool. Right, what drafter hasn't wanted to do yeah. this? You may reveal a card from your draft from your card pool. Each other player may offer you one card in his or her card pool in exchange for that card. Where you you may accept any one offer. So it's like you first picked like Dak Faden, but you're not red blue. Yeah. You know, and you're like, all right, what 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 are my offers for Dak Faden? You get to ask the other seven people at the draft table. Like anybody want that? Like anyone's deck going to be better? You don't than have Dak to Faden? take that, right? You don't have to take the deal. You can take any one deal. Oh, oh, but only the guy who gets deal broker gets to do the deal. Though. Correct. Oh, he's like a, he's like a blank in Scrabble. Right? Yeah, this card's awesome. And he's still like a two three for he's three. He's a two three, and then he also has draw a card, then discard a card. He's actually very good at yeah. draft. Yes, I would first pick this. I got deal broker. <laughs> what do I have for deal broker? <laughs> <laughs> he would always make the cut in your deck unlimited right. though. So then there's cards like Lore Seeker. Two mana for a two-two. Reveal Lore Seeker as you draft it. After you draft Lore Seeker, you may add a booster pack to the draft. You just get one booster. Yeah, pack. I mean this is like really ideally this is a cube card. Why? Like in cube, it's just kind of awesome, right? You just get to throw an extra pack of cube into the draft. So. The girl in the blue dress is not very tall, but she had an unbelievable figure. <laughs> I mean, like unbelievable. So, but anyway, so that's, and today that's like yeah. saying that's a statement. Yeah, this is a this is a terrible day to have been staring at it on iPad. I gotta tell you. Yeah, well, you, d you did it wrong. Have you not learned? We've been doing this for years. I, mean, I was here about a half hour before you were. <laughs> All right, I guess you win. So is this is this a set you would ever play? Would you like draft play multiplayer four player draft? I mean, I would certainly think about it before saying no. But ultimately, yeah, probably not. I mean, like, if I'm just going to play games for fun without any... Right, you'll just draft any, red and cube? A, yeah, anything attached attached to it. I'll either draft red and cube or just play the Infinity Blade or something. I mean, the problem is they had, like, a new Infinity Blade release. That's, I've just been, like, grinding so much Infinity Blade. My wife is just like, why do you play that game? I don't know. My guys are so high level. <laughs> they have such good items, you know. I have a lightsaber, like, like a max level lightsaber with, like, you know all kinds of crazy gems in it yeah. I, they get nothing out of it and yet I can't put down the damn iPad okay I, so I have to ask you just yeah. changing the subject X-Men Days of Future Past Bomb M80 or Sparkler uh top three superhero movies okay. of all time yeah, I'm, I'm with you it's not as good as Winter Soldier but it's still really good yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like what it, kind it, of year is it that X-Men Days of Future Past probably ended up being the third best superhero movie that Marvel puts out Third best that Marvel puts out is going to be the, and I mean because I think Winter Soldier is a contender for number one of all time. I love I love Winter. I've seen it twice. I love it. So have you seen Maleficent yet? I haven't. My wife absolutely loved it. 
Really? She like Did she thinks it it's off the hook. It's good. Okay. It's not. I mean, like it, to me, it's, it's hard for me to humor this because she fell asleep in X Men: Days of Future Past. She, at least she went with me, sure. you know. But like. She's, she's like, did she sleep through Hugh Jackman's butt? No, she made it to through Quicksilver, yeah. and then after that, she's like, "All right, I think I've got enough about this like super speed Hugh, Hugh Jackman's butt movie. I'm gonna take a nap for the next right. two right. hour and a half, you know." But no, she she um, I had to pick up my son on Friday, so she like took my daughter and her, her friend was having a sleepover, and they went to Maleficent. So then my daughter rebought Maleficent yesterday, and by rebought, I I bought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I figured she, that out. So um, I mean, it's, we, saw, it's, we saw it. It's absolutely stunning looking in the commercials. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's like, I mean, Angelina Jolie starts out pretty stunning, and then you... you I know, think she's CGI'd. They give her, like, these really sharp cheekbones. cheekbones. Yeah, yeah, they said they said it was actually CGI'd cheekbones. It's a good movie. Like, it's a... It could have could gone a lot of ways. Not not in terms of, like, being a bad movie or a good movie. Right. Because I think that, like, most of the different universes that lay out, it's right. a good movie. But it could have been, like, she's the evilest villain of all time on screen. You know? Right, right, right. Like, that's one way they, they could They make her gone. more sympathetic, right? It's I I can't really say very much okay, without okay, okay. without um, I will see it. A, it I will see much. it on a plane. I assume at some point. My my macro would basically be it's a general affirmation of most things that I believe, right. which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Like um, so, uh, switching to a different thing. I know. So Mad Men's wrapped up for the next however long. Did you like the finale? I did. I liked I really, it too. I really liked it. I was really so. Happy I, with it. What is Roger Sterling's motivation? Do you think? I mean, he doesn't want to be a useless... But why does he stick his neck out for Don so much? Because he, he like, sees Don as his son. You think? Yeah, I think he sees Don as, like, his son. I his mean, like, but, there's, but there's he, no... He takes... He basks in the success of Don as Don's mentor. See, the thing that I don't get really quite is that... I think, anyway. Yeah, I, I actually, I don't buy that, so that's why I'm a little confused. The thing that I don't get is, like, is... Uh, you know, Roger constantly makes the point, like, Don could work anywhere. He's right. the best, like, he's the best who's ever worked, right? And right. we're kind of stupid for, for for acting in this way. And, you know, he's, he's making a go of it. But Don is so rich that, like, nothing that Sterling Cooper ever d- does to him would matter. Like, even if he lost all of his shares, right, he's right. filthy rich from right. previous acquisitions of the company. Right, right, right. Right? It's not like he's outlaying any cash or anything. And he's selling all this work through Freddie, right? Because it's about the work. But he could work anywhere. Like, the, those same dudes were like, we'll just pay you this much money, which was like a raise for right, him. Right, right. Like, Don makes more money than I do now in, like, 1969 or whatever. Which means that he's, like, he's making hundreds of thousands of 1969 dollars. He's just, like, super rich, right? Um, I, I just, it doesn't matter. Like, and he also has this impeccable reputation. Right. Like, the guys who are, like... Oh, his reputation's been dinged at not, this point. Not really. Only the guys in the Hershey in the in the in the Hershey meeting feel that way. Like, uh, uh, reputation has taken a dig. It's Perseus or whatever is is it Perseus? What's that? Perseus, right? Who's that? It's Headshaw's partner. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Perseus, right? Sure. Harry Hamlin is like we was lived in fear of you before. Right, right. You know, that was um, a, that was a great moment. I, the thing is, like, I'm I find Don to be a really sympathetic character, sure. so. My wife's constantly telling me I'm not Don. So she's like, "You're not Don. You got to stop worrying about." So, this. so have you watched? Have you watched Mad Men Methadone yet? That no. started last night. What the, is that? Um, it's uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, I did watch part of Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, so it's basically. Is it basi- good? I, I really liked it. Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, I really. So that guy really Lee Pace is in uh, is is the star of it. Yeah, right? yeah, and he's basically playing like Don, 1980s <laughs> computer salesman Don. 
Um, like he's just like this utterly compelling salesperson. Like he just he sells this idea of something more than selling something. Yeah, Don's like, like I really think of Don as uh, this archetype of a character that I I really really like a lot. I mean, he has many features that I can never aspire to, but he also has many bad features that I I could just never be that bad. <laughs> so I'm like not really that worried yeah. about it. But like, I've always kind of resented Don's infidelity. Thoughts on Don as Doctor Strange? You know, I'm going to say something stupid about it. Yeah. Don had his shirt off this season at one point when yeah. he was with Megan, and he looked pretty dumpy. You know, like, in season one, Don's, like, doing doing the doing the lawn, and he has his shirt off, and he just, like, looks like a man from, yeah. like, 1950 or whatever. Like, that was, like, like that, that sort of... Triangle not, physique. Not cut, right? right? But just, like... You know, he's, he's strong yeah. from being on the farm or whatever. <laughs> but, like, you know, John Hammond put on this physique in 2014. Like, he's got, like, body hair and, all, you know, like, and, like, that must have just been, like, the concept that women had of, like, a manly man in this in this era. And, and you know, all the all Betty Draper's biddies from the from the neighborhood are fanning themselves like, oh, Betty, you know, your husband's so handsome doing the lawn. Um, then I don't know what happened. He's a slut. <laughs> John Hamm apparently let himself go. Well, that might be part of the character. I don't. I mean, I mean isn't the defining characteristic of Don that he's just like this 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 Don man is, that Don, women can't keep their hands off of because he's is so also, magnetic. But Don has also descended somewhat in terms of like. I think he's. he's I mean, I think he's fully back. I don't think that. I I I, I don't see buy. What they, the let's re- see what they do second half. I I agree with you, and I just don't buy. I just don't buy the readings that a lot of people have of Don in last season, or that. Mad Men is the story of Don's descent, right? I, 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 I that's a popular theory. No, I, right? I think I think it's a story of whether or not it's where Don's end up as a human being. Really, I I I actually find um, a compelling narrative to be Mad Men is the story of the rise of Peggy. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it that, absolutely like, is that well, Peggy's it's, the it's, hero it's, of Mad it's Men. Actually, it's actually just like I think it's about sort of the decay of the sort of fortifications of the white male. Right, like this this ideal of the white male that came out of like the 1950s. I hate to break these, but the white male is still pretty dominant in business circles today I, in 2014. I but 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 at some point that was like an unassailable position, and I think yeah, I, I read like all of Rogers. There was something going around uh, Vulture today. Oh, yeah, I, saw I read that, that today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read the entire yeah. thing. Yeah, and one of them was like like. Uh, a white elevator attendant and a woman <laughs> move me into that building <laughs> right so it's like you know there's going to be uh, I, I, th- I think it's really about like you know sort of like Joan discovering her power and Peggy discovering her power I mean I love power. Joan, Joan so it's a, if you if you said so if, if you want to watch Mad Men and you haven't seen Mad Men and you haven't seen like season 5 or whatever we're probably going to spoiler up stuff so feel free to turn it off now yeah but I'm just not going to stop me because this stuff's gone on two years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't been watching it on Netflix, that's your problem. Like if i.e. I, if you were Brian David Marshall two months ago. Two months. ago. <laughs> I was like the winter. I watched all, right, so, all over the winter. I mean, if you gave Joan this 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 moment, right, and you said to her, I, I guess she actually answered this question already, though. But you said to you like, look, you give up one night of your life, but in return you get to be a millionaire. She takes it, right? Like with her eyes open. Do you think that that's the? I don't think her eyes are fully open. At the moment, right? No, but I'm saying if her eyes are open and you give Joan this devil's bargain, do you think she takes it? I don't know. I don't know because I know, I think, I think that, 
she also knows at this point that she could do it otherwise. She knows she can. There's no way. She doesn't have the resources. The thing is, she has the ingenuity, but not right. the but not the resources. And this is a very fast route to resources for sure, her, right? Sure, so sure, sure. Bob, in different modes, like Bob and Sterling have, have offered to give Joan substantial resources, right. but also with substantial strings, right? Sure. And even this season, you know, Joan is considered by at least the narrative what's going on, that she's the 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 ideal of feminine beauty for their for their generation. Um but she's also like, she's like uh, Artemis and Terry, you know, like he's like the world's greatest assassin, but he's 40 and Drizzto Erden's going to be young forever, right. right? So like he better kill a whole lot of people before he's like, you know, at 40, he can't do what he could do at 30, right? right? So Joan knows already that even though she's the ideal of feminine beauty, she ha- she is sure. off her game relative sure. to where she might have been in the right. past. Um, but even so, you know, she turns down Bob. Right. Uh, but... You know, I think that she she has no want of, I don't know, like her, how her husband treats her in the, the office in that one episode. Yeah, yeah. I I think that she's, I mean, if you asked me that question, right, and, you know, I'm in Joan's spot, and in return I get millions of dollars. I mean, sure. she gets millions of 1969 dollars, right? Like, imagine that like, you're getting... We've, right. We've established what you are, Mike. We're just negotiating the price now. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I think I just, like... It's just like what Don said, like, in when Peggy had, you know, her her issue in seasons one, two, he's like, you'll be shocked at how easily you can forget this moment, you know? Right. That's one of my favorite moments right. in all of Petra, in all of fiction, you know? And I thought about it, I'm like, all the awful things I've done in the course of my life before I get into this point, you really can just move past them and, you know, try to reinvent yourself as a person. Have you, have you ever seen the movie House of Games? Of course. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Has it shown up at movie club? No. no. I watched it because you said it was really good. Yeah. It's like, forgive yourself. <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, about forgiving. It's just like, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's actually a Bible thing, right? Yeah. So it's a, where they're like, you know, God doesn't just forgive. He forgets, right? Can you imagine, like, the concept of forgetting, not just forgiving? Like, it's, it's, it's easy to forgive in some wise, but at the same time. I'm talking about people, people letting go of their own stuff, though. Yeah. Forgiving is, forg- you know, forgetting to some extent there. I mean, yeah, where people have stuff that haunts them and that really, like... Uh, can be a huge obstacle to them in, the, in their lives. You know, sometimes you so, have to just like let it go. I'm actually trying to summon up terrible things that I've done. And I can't even think of them. I've just gotten so good at erasing them from my hard drive. So yeah, I mean, I think of well, Don that, as that also becomes a matter of like, like envisioning. Like you, when you think about when you when you when you go into something, you really don't want to think about your failures. You want to think about your successes, right? You want to visualize your successes. I, I think that's definitely you know part of what I would declare is my is my uh my algorithm but at the same time you know living that ideal is different right and you know i i, I think i've said this on the podcast before even i think of don as an incredibly moral character that's the that's the not like, like that's the word i would use i think like, he he's wants incredible. to be a moral i think he is uh, i think he has one particular failing or probably two failings in, in his in his personality but we all have failings but that his prevailing his prevailing thing that he has and is an agenda is an incredible sense of both meritocracy and justice. Like he's one of the things that people criticize about Don. He's a philanderer. Sure. Which, by the way, most guys, if you give them like John Hamm's looks or whatever, and a pocket full of money, they will probably not be the best people with regards to women. Just, just put it out there, right? Like, I don't even know that, given the resources, he's that much worse than the average guy would be. Okay. okay? That's one thing. He's an alcoholic, but 
that's a failing that you know that, that's a, that's a completely different conversation. Sure. You know, recovering from that, accepting sure. that, whatever are are. He's not a very supportive human being. I see. Here's the thing. I disagree with you on that. I think that he's not supportive where you would think that somebody has obligations, and yet he's so remarkably good when he doesn't have obligations. Correct. That's he, what I think is interesting it's, about it. It's, it's easy for him to be supportive when it's free for him. It's not, and when it comes at a cost for him, he's unable to do it. You think that there's no cost for him standing up for Peggy or no, no, Freddie no, 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 no. or for, Peggy, for, Peggy, for the gay or Silvio? Is that his name? Yeah, but certainly the the, the one, Silvio is free. There's nothing there for him. There's not. There's no. There's no cost. He lives. He understands. In fact, in fact, he has tremendous yes. empathy for Silvio. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Because as someone who's had a secret life. But Peggy and Freddie is very costly for him. He does it anyway. Well. I mean, but that's I, why I think he, he's a character of morality and justice, and like I, I think he's a, I think he's, a, I think he's a complicated character. Who has, uh, you don't leave your wife in the same room as him, okay? <laughs> that's fine. Sure. But once that's off the table, right? But but I but I think you know his. Well, I just I just I think his emotional like he's really struggled with being, uh, you know the 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 sort of growth of his happiness for Peggy's success. Over this season, has is, is really a change for him for where he was. I think. I on. I actually kind of disagree. I think that it was always there, and that. I think he. But always Peggy wants was not really there. ready I think before he this moment. Wants it to be there. I think he always wants it to be there, but I don't think he's always able to access. But it. Peggy has been playing double A ball. Okay, <laughs> she has. She's been playing double A ball. You don't put her in front of the. You don't put her in the. You know, starting in the World Series, sure. playing double A ball. Like there's a huge liability. I, I you know somebody who I have a very strong esteem for. Right. Um, who works for me, I'm like, look, I didn't do X or Y, and I kept this under myself, and it's not that I don't think that you're capable of this, but you're not suited to hold this stress right now, right? So I'm going to deal with this stress, and you're going to go make money. That's really the thing that that person understood, and I think that, you know, you you don't want to use your hammer to drive screws. That's sure. the thing, and Peggy, she just wasn't positioned. Now she's positioned, and Don's like, all right, let's... I, I think I don't think I don't think Don's shift comes from any shift in Peggy. I think Where's it comes the from, weed? Like there's like I know, yeah, it's just everywhere. Uh, I think it just comes from his. You own, think his growth? I right? think it comes from his growth, not from her growth. So these are the things that puzzle me. Okay, Peggy's so negative towards Don at the beginning of the of the season, and she's a hundred percent come around, right? Right. Yeah. Is yeah. it you think that she just blames Don for Ted being in California? I think I think that it's complicated, right? I think they're just both people who are in a place in their lives where they, I mean, she was just in a place in her life where she was just really unhappy. But she's madly in love, though, right? Or but yeah, is it real? Like, but Don Warner, he's like, this isn't yeah, real. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know that, that. I think she's just, she's just, you know, she's just trying to reconcile the bargains she's made, right? In terms of, but she's definitely super anti-Don to begin with, right? Yes, but she's also like, you know, did she make the right deal? Did she? You know, was was for her. I mean, she's trying to decide. You know, I pursued a career at the cost of being being a parent, right? That's literally the choice she has to make at the start of the show, right? Am I gonna am I gonna have a career? Oh, or I am never I really have thought a baby? about that, right? Right. She she, she actually have, is. Oh, unless except for that moment when she's with uh, with Vincent Carthizer, right? And she's like, she re- you realize that she has all the leverage. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's clearly just like a path she could take that's different. And uh, and I think she's you know I think this season was about her reconciling that decision, right? I mean, just think about all the stuff that they do, like the stuff with like the burger chef, 
and like where she's got to put herself into the role of the mom yeah even though she's not a functioning mom you know what I mean so anyway so um anyway Hold the Catch Fire it was really good, good enough, yeah. and it's a good Don I think Lee Pace provides a good Don Methadone do you watch Hannibal? I'm not up to speed on Hannibal I've, I've watched like half of season one. Oh my god I know you love it oh my god How, is, let me ask you a question do you know what the worst rated show on network television is? Hannibal? Hannibal. It's the worst. How does it get renewed but community doesn't? Uh, it's not a question of like, oh, Hannibal's good. Community's not. Community's great. Community, and it had one of its best seasons just now. Thank the God. The worst rated show on television. Uh, they get a ton of um, funding for the show from European from, partners. Oh, okay. And they have deals for it in Europe. All right, that's fair. Um, it is the best. Sh- it's, it's certainly by far and away the best show on network television. There's nothing even on network television. Nothing even. There are a lot of good shows on network television. Really good shows. Network television. Really good shows, like A plus television shows. Now I've seen not all seasons. I haven't seen any season two, but I will tell you this is my opinion. I've seen a fair. I've seen like half plus of season one. Yeah, yeah. I would much rather watch Scandal, Good Wife, Parks and Recreation, and Community for sure over over Hamilton season one. Like not even close. Uh, I think scandal it's better, I is think like it's, scandal is as I, much as you yeah, like Hannibal. I, it, like I cannot believe for a second for you that it's appointment television. I, I, oh my god, are you kidding me? I, I watch like, it. I watch it like fifteen minutes after it goes on. Yeah, that's not appointment television. Appointment television is you watch it when it goes on. No, I watch it fifteen minutes after, so I can fast forward past. The oh, I see what you're saying. But to me, Scandal and Good Wife are appointment television. I don't. I haven't miss watched them. Good Wife yet. Yeah, I thought you watched Good Wife. No, I watched Scandal. I haven't watched. Oh, Good I Wife. thought you watched Good Wife. No, I've watched Good Scandal a hundred times better than Scandal. <laughs> Every time I, I talk to like PV or Ozip after this, and they're just like, "Why is this show on CBS not on HBO? This I doesn't make any sense. It's thing. too good I feel for the network same television." Way about I, just, I don't like, understand how so good. Is. Like, it just has to be because no one's watching it. Yeah. Because it's so low rated. Oh. oh. Okay. That nobody knows that the show is any good. People know about Hannibal. Only because I keep talking about it. On network television, Brian. No one's watching it. I know it's the so it's not the worst rated show that ever gotten that's ever gotten renewed. Dollhouse was the worst show that ever gotten oh renewed, God. but that was because it was like the best. It was like the best rated show on Hulu. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh um, Apple, so good. You watch the Americans? Of course, yeah, I watch the Americans. How insane was the season finale for the Americans? I didn't see the season finale. Oh my god! <laughs> one episode behind. Oh exactly one episode. Oh my god! The one that I I was like went it's insane so on was good. the one where his like fake wife is like oh he's like an animal in bed or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then what he does to Carrie Russell, I'm yeah. like, shit. Yeah. How no. is this on? Like, this is like brutal. And it's I, such I, a good show. And like her reaction and yeah. I mean, I, you're almost like watching this and you're like I'm not sure if I'm supposed to have empathy for this situation. If they love each other still, or if she got what she was there, asking for, it's just like so you know, like there's like, you know, what? he's she, he's like, this is what you asked for, you know, like it's just a. There are so many ridiculous performances on TV right now. Kerry Russell, like I think he's fine on on the Americans, but Kerry Russell on the Americans is just utterly ridiculous. Who knew she had this range? Yeah, and like, you know, I would say she should win an Emmy if it wasn't for the fact that Robin Wright should win that Emmy if it wasn't for the fact that. Do you watch Orphan Black? Yeah. The, Tatiana Maslany. Tatiana Maslany. It's just ridiculous. So, do you, right, do you, so let's be let's be honest. Yeah. She's never gonna get the Emmy. If she even gets a nod, Tatiana, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that's a huge victory for her, right? I mean, she's like, you it's understand? a British Canadian import show. They're not gonna give her the Emmy. I understand. Dude, the freaking Academy or whatever has never even seen her stupid clone show. Okay, that that's just a fact. That's like 
Doc, nobody's given Doctor Who any Emmys. Sure. Right? You, uh, so you seriously, see, like, do, are you caught up on that? Um, like three episodes behind. Okay, so behind. like two episodes ago, yeah. just whatever, Patrick Adams, who's the uh, young lawyer on Suits, yeah. has just a random guest appearance on the show. Yeah. He's just randomly like some guy in a bar yeah. who hooks up with Helena. Yeah. And... Helene is the blonde assassin, yeah, yeah, the, right? Yeah, yeah, the crazy, the crazy Hungarian. Who can't be killed? Yeah, <laughs> well, her organs are on the other side of her body. Yeah, I get it. Her heart's in the wrong place. Is literally. that like a real thing that could happen to someone? Sh- apparently, Sean McEwen apparently dated a girl whose heart was in the wrong place, Ooh. literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Um, so he's just in the he's in the scene, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is he in this? Yeah. You know, like he's a you know working actor on his own show. Yeah. And it's like, Turns out he's just such a fan of Tatiana Novani, what she's doing. Yeah. He's just tweeting at her. He's like, please, get me a guest role. You're amazing. I just want to learn from you. You're the best. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. It's a great show, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Suits, I think that's a great show. I think Gabriel Mock's so good. Yeah, he's. I, feel, I always feel really guilty liking it. It feels, feels like it and Scandal are kind of like almost a no, guilty they're pleasure not, to me. Okay. I know they're not. So I'll tell you this. You just like say it after me, okay? Yeah. It'll be really... Once you say it out loud, you'll realize it's probably just true. Sure. I mean, I haven't seen, like, Graceland. Is that the new one on... Or... I haven't seen, like, two of the new shows on USA. But all the USA, like, hour-long dramedies are just consistently really good television. Yeah, yeah. And they're just all really good. And, like, I think, like, when you just, like, like, take a breath and you're like... Yeah, like, Psych is just a really good show that I I super enjoyed watching for years. I don't like Psych. I mean, like, after season three or something, it certainly fell off a cliff of how good if it was. Sure. But, it, like, it still always had its moments. Right? Yeah. Sure. I, just, I mean, I'll watch like it. Like, incredibly well-written, hilarious. Yeah, I love Dulé Hill. It's fine. I mean, Dulé Hill's the same. I wish that guy would, were my friend. He's, he's, like, he's so good on West Wing. Like, yeah, the show's, the show's fine. I don't love that show. But, like, you didn't I like agree. Monk? No, I don't care for Monk. I hate Monk, actually. Really? Yeah, Monk is, like, the shittiest Columbo ever. Like, I just don't... There's... Just... Whatever. I mean, I don't like Mark. John Finkel had this theory that all television before 1985 is unwatchable. And I think that's probably a little bit harsh. Sure. But, then, but then I read something that Ferret wrote, and it actually made a lot of sense to me afterwards, which is just, because there were no VCRs back then, everything had to be written for immediacy, right? Like, all TV was appointment TV. Sure. And if you missed it, you never got another chance for the most part. Um, and so, like... The shows were all written very simplistically before the proliferation of VCRs, you know? Like, And so we do really see a step change in the quality of television at the point where oh, there's actual point. continuity yes. between episodes. Oh, so Hill Street Blues is pre-85. I, I mean, I, I was too say, young to watch some of these things. Should I go back and watch it? Ridiculous. Yeah, Hill Street Blues is ridiculous. The Rockford, here's the thing, though. Also, there's just a different set of sense of, like, Rockford Files is one of my favorite all-time TV shows. That's James Garner, right? James Garner, uh, early David Chase. It's one of David Chase's first shows. So I watched it when I was a kid, and I never really appreciated it, but I, mean, I was obviously just too young. It's just like all good people working on it. It was great, and it still holds up as a really well-done show. The problem is, it's just from a different era in terms of like how like how much time you get to tell a story. and like So it's like, I'm going to go to the marina. And now we'll show you 30 seconds of me driving to the marina. Yeah. It's like, that just doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's just a different sort of sense of urgency in telling the story. Like, and a certain, you know, like, today's storytelling is much more economical. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you don't. They yeah, gotta like fit this. in more ads, man. Yeah. Well, it's not just more ads. It's also just like, like I don't know. It's just like people still learning their craft and realizing what they could and couldn't. Fifty years like, in, still learning their craft. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, they're still learning it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but if you look at the step change and how good comedies have gotten in the last even just twenty years, yeah. right? Like. There was never shows like, like Arrested Development or Thirty Rock prior to that. You know that combined like sort of like ingenious punniness with physical comedy and exaggerated characters. Right, the closest you have is like Three's Company, which is like, you know, maybe two thirds of that. Sure. TV is very good right now. But I mean, I just I don't buy Hannibal being that much better than those others. It's Hannibal so so addictive. Yeah. It's addictive and it's fun. And it's good. It's a good show. Just this year, this year was a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a. It's like I, Lost I, I, Man. It was a little bit of a depth for me this year. This last season was a little That's bit of a That's so unfair. You you binge watch the other parts. I know. And then you watch this in real time. I got you. Those are two different experiences. I got you. If you binge watch this, you probably would have had the exact same experience. You've been like, oh my gosh, well, an explosion. It's uh, interesting that also, like, that, that I read, was reading something about, like, the idea of, like, House of Cards being made for binge watching. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't hold up as well watching it hour to hour. Like, I, watch I, an hour this week, watch an hour next week. You know, that might be true, but, you know, House of Cards is actually a completely different genre than television, right? So sure. it's like the first television show that hasn't been vetted by audiences. That's actually the thing that's innovative about right. it. They just like wrote and popped it. Even HBO shows are vetted by audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of which... Oh my God. I didn't like how they choreographed the end of the episode, actually, I okay. to say. Like, I, th- I think that you don't... We're talking about Game of Thrones, obviously. I think you don't... Spoilers. Stop listening. I mean, you know where it's going to go, right? And at the same time... I, I just reread that chapter last week. Oh, just yeah. like I read the book. I wish they had Tyrion's line where he's like, I'm feeling more innocent by the second. <laughs> would have been hilarious. But the, the question I really wanted to ask you is, it's like a long discussion I had with my wife. In the scene when Bronn comes to visit Tyrion in prison, and then they have like their old laugh or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Bronn turns Tyrion nice gloves, down. Nice buddy. <laughs> right? Where, where Bronn turns Tyrion down. He's like, well, can you go kill this guy for me? And he's like, why? He's like, because you're my friend. He's like, hey, you're my friend, but you've never risked your life for me, you know? Like, um, and he's like, I can pay you. He's like, I'm already rich, you yep. know? Like, yep, yep, yep. Thanks, by the way, I'm yep. already rich. Like, you know, can you really... And, and they're like running the numbers, like, yeah, I can probably beat him, but, you know? What do you think Tyrion's feeling? Like, I, I think that Tyrion genuinely is happy that his friend is not going to die, and he doesn't hold anything against him. No, I agree. And I think that's I think that's kind of a tough thing for for guys of this level of, of selfishness to kind of get to. Yeah. But he's just like Bronn's really been a great servant to him, you know, yeah. and saved Tyrion, his life. Tyrion's not, Tyrion's not really selfish. No, no, I mean Bronn too, right? Oh like, yeah. I think Bronn probably feels bad that he can't oh, sure. go in for him. Sure. You know. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, I mean, are sellswords better than knights? Like that's actually the thing that I'm thinking. Like. Oberyn Martell is a sellsword, not a knight. Private eyes are better than cops, right? I mean, like, right, so he was never, he's not a, he's not like Sir Oberyn. Like, he was, he's like a second son or whatever, people, so he... People are, let me tell you something. Yeah? People were angrier about this... Than the Red Wedding. Than the Red Wedding. You know For why? Because sure. that guy is... People is, loved him. He's, people loved him. They were like, oh, yeah, I could totally be pansexual, too. This is awesome. No, I mean... <laughs> 
at Tony and Shao's wedding, which is a Game of Thrones wedding, I like I wanted to be House Martell because I love the Red Viper so much. The guy's so cool. He's just like the coolest guy. But Catherine's like, no, he's actually just driven by revenge, which is you know ultimately his downfall. Sure, sure. If he just like was serene about things, he just kill this guy and go about his business. Yeah, yeah. Right? But every single person who's ever given away a game of Magic Grade One understand this. Um, this is how I got called Greedy M. Ready to be like, why didn't you just kill him last turn? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wanted to do this thing with my deck, and you go, Greedy M. So I mean, but the way that the way that they have it, uh, the way they choreographed it. Spoilers. Freaking hang up if you haven't hung up already. Okay. Um, the way they did it, right? Like, isn't that just a draw? I'm dead too. Uh, hung jury. Right? Like that's, that's a hung not, jury. That's not a Tyrion loses. That's a hung jury for sure. That that was that was my take. I mean, if well. he's gonna taunt him, can he like thing. stand somewhere where he's like out of reach while right, taunting? Right. He doesn't even take a blow, right? I gotta, I gotta tell you, the character that I've been just blown away with this season is Sansa. I hate her. Yeah, you hate her, but like I you, you, hate, I hate her. you hate you don't hate her less after this episode? Really? I hate her. Nah. Littlefinger is the worst person on earth, and she yeah. just helped him. But she doesn't, you know, fully know that. She's an idiot who single-handedly caused the downfall so, of her family. The first time she's ever shown any sense of self-preservation. I, I hope she stops showing that sense of self-preservation. <laughs> I would trade. I would like literally a hundred Sansas for one Rob Stark. Screw her. Do you, do you I trade a thousand Sansas for Bran's legs. Do you read, <laughs> You read Grantland? Yeah. So do you read the Andy Greenwald recaps of Game of Thrones? Not every time. Man, does he hate, does he just absolutely hate the Theon Greyjoy storyline? Has he not read the books? Is he no, like, no, he's not read the books. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that, that's just, he's like, I go, I haven't read the books, don't bother me with this. Why does he hate it? He just hates so, it. Like, like, he just feels like it's merciless torture porn. Half of it isn't in book five, though, the way they've done this. Yeah. I'm like, this takes place in the middle of Dance with Dragons. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, stuff out of sequence. Good, because otherwise all of next season would be a combo of Brienne of Tarth and Cersei. <laughs> well, what's Cersei thinking about? It's like, maybe if you just had Cersei parading around naked, it'd be one thing. Right? Like, let's think about what Cersei's thinking about for an hour. Wine, oh, wait. <laughs> wine and revenge. Like, oh, wait. Let's see what Brienne's doing for a while. Back to Cersei's mind. <laughs> oh, I will reason me, I am the Queen Regent of Westeros. <laughs> hey, can we see more Danny? No, I'm the Queen. Marjorie Tyrell is more popular than I am. I'm going to get some football players to vote for me for prom queen. It would really literally just be a season of Cersei and Brienne if they didn't mix it up. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do with Sandor? None of these things with Sandor and Arya have taken place in the books. Oh, yeah. Sandor's dead. <laughs> in the books. Right? What is this getting them to the, getting them to the airy? Yeah, I don't know. Wendy Ho was just like, I would just watch a show that was just lone wolf and cub of those two wandering around with Sarah's killing people. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, it's cool. I'm like getting chicken, I guess. Yeah, I would also always watch the... the Anything on the wall. Yeah? I love the wall. Was it really 100 to 100,000 in the book? Is that how bad it was? I don't think it was that bad. But it was, I don't remember. It was I like not likely I to, to win. I need to right? do a reread by the time the next book comes. But in. like 100 to 100,000 is kind of ludicrous because one side has like giants, right? Right, yes. 
Their 100,000 includes like yeah. merciless killers it's, it's, it's and a, giants. It's 100,000 to 100, not adjusted for ballpark. I mean, and I'd like to say to my wife, I'm like, their 100 includes Samuel Tarley and Master Amon. Like, she's like, Master Amon is wise. And I'm like, and yeah. Samuel, he's not a bad fighter. <laughs> And, and a pillow made to look like a girl. <laughs> I mean, like, their hundred is not. <laughs> you had one job, Tarly. <laughs> Clean the pillow. So, um, a hundred and two. And I was like, oh man, this is so depressing. Yeah. Well, I think next week's gonna be all. It looks like it's all. Two wall. episodes left, right? Yeah. Next week looks like it's all wall. No, I think. So you think that the... Oh, let's see. This is what they have to get in this season, though. Um, probably last... So Wall's probably going to be like them getting their butt kicked for 42 minutes and then Stan, Stannis Baratheon coming in the last second, right? And then you think the last episode of the season will be John being elected to be Lord Captain Commander? Something like that, yeah. That's probably, that sounds right. Yeah. And then what's Danny going to do during this time period? I have no clue. I don't even... My sequencing is all off. Wait, when does... And you still have all sorts of Tyrion stuff to deal with, too. I, I think... There's a lot to get in. Yeah, there's a lot to get Because they have to get these things in before the end of the season, right? This is, you don't want I mean, Tyrion not... They're not locked into the... They're not locked into the... But I think that just for... I just think for timing's sake, you want Jon's rise and Tyrion's fall this season, right? Right. Right, just for... Because otherwise... There's still also the whole issue of... Uh, well, I, people are not Who? listening at this point. Not listening. Caitlin. Yeah, I think that's the last scene of this. Of the, okay. Okay. Of the the literal last scene of the season, I think yeah, will yeah, be yeah. will be Catalan. Um. Yeah, that's a lot to get into two episodes. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have done this half of book five crap they're doing. Who gives a fuck about Theon Greyjoy? I I actually of all the characters, I hate him the most. Yeah. You're supposed to hate him. But now you feel bad for him, right? Is he going to be redeemed? Oh, I'm sorry, nothing on. I, I mean, I hate what's his face. Oh, you hate uh, Ramsey Snow. Ramsey Snow, yeah. Ramsey Bull. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 like Andy Greenwald. Just like I hate him. These are the so my wife has been cheering for stupid uh, Catalan sister to get killed for forever. <laughs> She's like, I, I can't wait. She's going to get thrown through the moon door tonight. She is the Jenny McCarthy of Westeros. I mean, like, I'm like, why do you hate her so much? And she's like, I just hate crazies. Yeah. I just can't stand crazies. I'm like, I'm like, there's, like, evil people that need to get dealt with. This is just a, a weak-minded woman, like, who probably had a bad drug reaction off of a breakup when she was young. Yeah. You know? And she's like, God, she's getting thrown through the moon door. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> cursy episode. What? This is a very cursy episode. I mean, ever, ever since we went to Canada, man. Yeah, it's true. Um, much liberal language. Liberaler, yeah. Liberaler. Um, They're liberaler with the use of liberal. So, and these are the people. I need freaking the Boltons to get their comeuppance. Yeah. Who do you think is going to do? Do you think Arya is just personally so, going to kill them all? So do you, do you think that they are going to, you think they're just going to wrap this story up before the books? Like, we're, we're going to plow past charted material. Soon. Very soon, right? I mean, he's like halfway through book six. Okay. But by the way, he spent, he was done with book five for five years before it went to print. Right. Because he's tinkering so much. Right. I think the only solution He's not is, going to be able to tinker is mind. to kill him. 
and get Brandon Sanderson to finish off the books like he did with Robert Jordan. I mean, I, Brandon, I know you're listening. What do you think? No, he stopped listening. He didn't want to hear the spoilers. Ah, shoot. We have to do that. So he said he'd, he said he'd, yeah. uh, he said he'd call in for a podcast with us. Life's so good. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's just, I was like hanging out with my sister and, and she's like, oh, do you want to meet? I can't even say who it is. It's just like, no, they're very private people. Okay. But it's like literally like superhero of mine, right? And she's like, I have her cell phone number and and uh, I'll tell you off my And I'm like, really, how? And she's like, she's a really private person. You know, her husband like, who also is a hero of mine, like brought her lunch and just wanted me to take care of her or whatever. Like, so Bob Bond's like, I'm gonna go out with them. And she's like, oh, you wanna be, I feel like really weird. I'm like, you know, like star fuckery or whatever. I'm like, no. But then I said to her, did you think when you like came to New York first and you're 18, like with like stars and stars or whatever, that this was gonna be your life, you know? And she's like, no, of course not. Like, what does she do? She's a, she's a celebrity handler. Oh, okay. So, so like one night she calls, so one night I call up Luis Neiman and I'm like, Luis, give me your wife's phone number. And he's like, why? I'm like, just give me your wife's phone number. So I call up, I'm like, he's like, okay. So I call up his wife and I'm like, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, she starts to say her sentence. I'm like, fuck it. You want to go to Stephen Sondheim's birthday party instead? She's like, yes. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm like, why? She's like, I have to break my date with Louise. <laughs> so then I didn't even know I could have been in Stephen Sondheim's box, but I told my sister I was going to be late. So we got just like other excellent seats, right? And I got to like meet him and stuff like that. But I, she's like, I could have put you in his box, but you told me that, that uh, you're going to be late. So, um, yeah, but she's not like, you know, in their circle or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, she handles, she's like, yeah. But she like sends a page to get their latte or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? But uh, but like even when she was in, a student in New York and she would like stalk minor league celebrities or whatever, like yeah, I guess that's what you do when you're a young girl. Like yeah. like uh, like she was like you know Patrick Wilson who was in um, lots of shows including sure. Watchmen. He's, he's, he was I was just saying he's night out. Yeah, so she was like the first Patrick Wilson fan or whatever, and like she saw like a lot of performances. he's a, he's done a lot of Broadway. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Broadway and like. You know, he like uh, she gave him like I don't, I don't remember she gave him like a flower or something. She was like young, and he had kept it in his dressing room for years. And he showed her, and then like she had this huge crush on him like 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and then they worked together this year, and she's That's like, nice. it's not like they're friends, or whatever. She's like, I wonder if he'll even remember me, right? Right. So then she like they kayfaped it or whatever. Like she, she pretended not to know him, and vice versa. She's like, but I knew or whatever, and vice versa. Um, but I, I it's just kind of like really. Really, uh, an interesting palette of people that. All right, I want to find out who we're talking about here. So we're going to sign right. off. Uh, Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Top Eight Magic, Comics, TV. And we didn't even talk about the NBA Finals yet. Yeah, it'll have to be. Spurs, fuck the Heat. <laughs> That's the last curse. Okay. Bye.